put to death that nefesh that's wrong about literally everything. I'm ready to cut loose myself. <laughs> the Christian experience has to be sacrificed. Mm. You have to have that soldier attitude. I don't care what they think. I'm here to obey the apostolic commandment. I want to fulfill God's will for my life. Which is the favor that Jesus had from his father by being perfect. Greetings. Welcome in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Welcome to the cloud chariot of the Son of Righteousness. You are watching RLM TV live from Florida. We're here to beam the Father's glory. You shall rise with healing in your beams. Some translations say wings, but it's both. Because your wings are wings of beams of light of the Shekinah glory that comes down through the path of lightnings and is progressively written on your hearts through the gospel of God. Amen. And as we know, light acts as both a wave and a particle. So you're dealing with the waves of eternity, waves of invisible light, and the world of matter. Just as angels descend and take on the form of human flesh, they can drive cars, people find them in supermarkets that they run into, they pick them up along the highway, as a hitchhiker sometimes that's happened, one man this happened to him, and when he reported it, he was so stunned by the man disappearing right out of his truck. He was so shocked after the angelic encounter, he had to speak with the highway patrol in the area to report it, because he was so shook by what happened. And the police officer, the highway patrol in that area, had to let him know that this happens quite frequently. You're not the only one that this is something that happens. Because why? There are angels on assignment. So we want to be like the angels, the angel-like sons of God. Angels are at their posts, and they do their assignments. So let us be at our posts, faithfully doing our assignments. And remember, as Bob Jones said, and as Brennan has reminded us, the pay is the same whether you're raising your dead or taking a nap. There are seasons and there are reasons why God has you doing what he has you doing. That's why you can never make it a formula. There may be a season he has you resting and healing because you need to heal from the previous battles before you can move forward. If that's the case, then you'll have received instructions from heaven to rest and heal. That is okay. You can't get into your head and tell yourself to do all these other works when he has you healing and resting. The med tent is a wonderful place, as we know. It's a great time for Bible spa. It's a great time to enjoy your Lord and to learn about the process of healing. There are other times, depending on your position and rank in the kingdom, he may send you toward the front lines for battle. There are other times he may send you through your testing before you go to battle as we're uh, learning and reading in the warrior king or being reminded of some of the things of heaven. So understand that whatever you're supposed to be doing, don't worry about what other people are doing. Someone may be starting a new business. Someone may be planning a new business. Others are called to leave their current jobs and find another job. You cannot do what you're doing based on what someone else is doing. It's based solely on what Christ is instructing you. 
That's why it is the most important thing in your life to be able to receive revelation and receive instruction from God. Receiving instruction from heaven allows you to know where you're supposed to be and when you're supposed to be there and what you're supposed to be doing. Because then it's easier to obey when you understand, unless there is still that foreskin and membrane in the hu human nature that's uncircumcised that doesn't want to obey. If you are entertaining that part of you that wants its own way and not God's will, it will be much more difficult to hear what God is saying to you, where he wants you to be, what he wants you to be doing. That's also a grace and a mercy. Don't be upset at that. Why is that a grace and a mercy? Because, because you're entertaining that membrane and that foreskin and you desire disobedience. It's a grace and a mercy that it's not clear because if the instruction came through that much clearly and you still were clinging to that foreskin and that membrane and you didn't want to do it, you would be all the more condemned for disobeying a very clear instruction for, from God. So the more clarity that comes in the instruction, as John Paul Jackson would say, the shorter, the tighter the leash is. Uh, this was something that happened in his life when God gave him a specific city to go to. If he didn't know the specific city, he could have just moved anywhere in that state if he knew that state. Before then, there was no limitation on where he was going to live. But as soon as God gave these specific instructions for where he needed to go, that means the leash is that much shorter. Now, for a man of God or a woman of God, that's a blessing because we like the short leash because we want to know exactly where we are supposed to be because we don't have any other plans. And if there's any other things in the will, we're actively pursuing to remove those things. But if someone is really in their intention and the secret thoughts of their heart, they really just want to do what they want to do. They don't like the specific instruction. So sometimes God will send a mercy on someone's life that there's not a specific clarity in an area because what it would do in that case is bring all the more judgment and condemnation into their life. And he loves the person, so he wants to give them time to repent. So as you are given time to repent, you become more and more accustomed to God's ways and understanding he knows better. He knows what's best for you. He knows what's going to help you accomplish his will in the earth. And in the end, he's eternally minded in your eternal rewards, your eternal destination and what you are going to be from now through eternity, that's what's important to the Father. It's not so much the uh, outfit that you really want to buy, the truck that you want to own, the house that you'd like to live in, right? Why would you even consider looking for a house to live in unless God gave you a specific instruction, especially when you don't even have a crystal chaya palace to call your home? You don't have the house built in the invisible realm, so why are you looking and lusting after houses, right? It doesn't make any sense spiritually. And I, I know people have been sleeping for ages, but this is the kingdom age. It's a time to awaken. So you've got to build in the spirit. So if God is giving you an instruction, uh, get a specific job, go to a specific place, or stay where you're planted. A lot of people get the instructions, stay where you're planted, and do the work because if he was going to send you now you would crumble because you don't have the character built yet it doesn't mean you're not going to have it it just means it's not formed in you yet which means you're going to have to take those testings again 
until you pass. You have to pass the test. So you study to show yourself approved to pass the test and cling to righteousness. If you grow in righteousness, that's it. It's not like you have to do some other thing out there, some other type of a, a special thing. It's simply ascension through circumcision. We've been uh, completely shocked in our minds again and again as we've risen on sapphire stones world by world and we've come to know this truth through ascension, through circumcision. That's the sacrifice of self. That's I die daily. That's taking up your cross and dying daily is this realization we've had after doing this repeatedly. Every single thing that's not working perfectly in our lives, there's only one answer. There's one solution. It's more circumcision. It's more ascension. That's it. Trying to add anything else to the cross, trying to add any other thing that we have to do, name it, blame it, claim it, whatever it is that people are trying to do, none of that's going to do anything. It only serves to point the finger and blame. Blame others, blame devils. Low-key blaming God without consciously being aware of it, you know, in the subconscious and the unconscious, being angry, upset with God, self-pity, blah, blah, blah. That's a dark spiral of despair. We don't want to go there. What's the answer every single time? Circumcise the run you're on. Go to the next rung. There'll be more glory. There'll be more breakthrough. You'll have better character. You'll have more revelation. It, sometimes you just go up another rung, and then it takes care of itself. Where we get into trouble is where we point the finger and we want to blame others. right? And that's why it's so dangerous when you come around this apostleship. Can you imagine being in the world of Isaiah and blaming someone in Adam Kadmon? For something negative in your life? Can you imagine that? How much demonic activity would someone have to have in their life for blaming something negative in their life on someone who has repented unto God, who has circumcised their heart through true repentance, through ascension, all the way to Adam Kadmon, or all the way to the 10th world? Can you imagine blaming someone in your heart and some many people have done that and that is actually one of the most dangerous things you can do for your destiny nothing will slow you down and halt your progress of ascension like blaming people higher than you in the sephirot but that's the temptation why is that the temptation it's written in the book of enoch that the temptation to do harm to wisdom will not decrease which means that's something you're going to have to learn how to resist and what do we know about the wisdom? This is what we've learned from uh, RLM TV Live and also uh, John Paul Jackson as a witness. I heard this in one of his videos lately. Higher wisdom will always seem what? Foolish. So understand the wisdom that's higher than you, that next rung up, that next world up, those next worlds up, will always appear to your own mind as foolishness, as not as good as what you have already. That's human sinful nature to judge. And we you notice those higher worlds, we tend to judge as more immature, as not, you know, whatever the judgment is. Understand that's the temptation to do harm to wisdom. In the book of Enoch, he said that that won't decrease. It doesn't diminish until this is over. So how do we deal with it? We humble ourselves to receive the kingdom like a child. The children, they don't care what it sounds like. If dad comes out and says, hey, pizza's here, pizza's ready, they don't question it, they don't judge it. You know, 
if they have a clown show up for the birthday, they just kind of go with it. Whatever dad is doing, you just go with it. Doesn't matter if it looks foolish, if it looks silly, if it looks smart, if it looks hard, if it looks extremely difficult, it doesn't matter. We simply have to humble ourselves like a little child to receive more of the kingdom of heaven. And that kingdom is within us. There's grace for obedience. I understand grace as the empowerment to obey God. Now understand this. God wants you to really get a grasp on commandments. Commandments often make people cringe, but Jesus Christ said in the red letters, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments. He wasn't saying Moses' commandments anymore. He's saying the fulfillment of all Moses in the Mashiach. So Moses is fulfilled by Messiah, and Messiah is the language of the Son. So Hebrews says that the Father is now speaking to us in the language of a Son. The language of the Son is the new covenant commandment. Jesus himself is the commandment. So you are repenting from sin by obedience to the commandment or the commander of commands in your heart. If you love him, you'll desire these commands. So righteousness is zeal for the heavenly commandments, as it's written in 1 Enoch 81 verse 1. Study each of the sapphire stones, every heavenly tablet, because these sapphire stones are the Messiah himself. This is his celestial divine body. He created his body in the heavens that we might be the body of Christ, as it's written. Romans 11, be engrafted into the tree of life. For the branches that were originally in have been disconnected for a time so that you wild branches might become true branches of the heavenly glory of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And so what are these commandments? I'll tell you the truth. The commandments are the original protocol that was required of Adam and Eve in the original design of the life of the Garden of Eden. The commandment is simply life in Eden. We don't know how to live it. Most of us don't even have a, a grasp of what that could be. We're down here in the curse of the fall and we're hearing about Eden. Listen, the word of God imparts that protocol, that commandment, and grace is the ability to fulfill it by your faith. You're saved by two substances, it's written in scripture, faith and grace. Now, the faith and the grace work through the commandment in the language of God the Father speaking to us as sons. This means we're able to hear orders. And the commandment and the order itself is what carries the grace, and it's our requirement to believe the word. If we disobey, we go into unbelief, which is darkness. If we hear and obey, we become doers of the word and not just hearers only. Then the glory, the Shekinah, the emanation of the original design gets stronger in our hearts and in our minds and in our bodies and in our houses. And we become jars of clay full of treasures, it is written. These treasures are the glories of the commandments of Jesus Christ working in our lives. They can look at us and just like the old covenant, they had the ark with what? The Ten Commandments were held in the ark. So what does that symbolize? The commandments of the ten worlds of sapphire stones hidden in our hearts. We're not in the types and shadows of Moses anymore. We're in the realities of the original design of the heavens that Adam and Eve were given government over the entire creation. 
This government includes the sapphire stones. This government includes all creation, which is all the angels and all the animals. So the original design is for your benefit to understand the original commandment that has dominion over angels and animals. If you're under angels and animals, you're in disobedience to the commandment. The commandment is the language of the Son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, when we hear and obey the commandment, there is an energizing of grace in our inner man, as it's written, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. But of this he spoke of the Spirit of grace, which is for a person that what Jesus Christ said, believes. Only believe and you will see the glory of God, Messiah said. So what are we believing upon? The very gospel. What is the gospel? The original commandment. First John says the same thing. Children, I do not give you a new commandment. Okay? John's talking about commandments in all his writings. But I do not give you a new commandment, but I give you the original commandment. Now, what is the original commandment of First John? It is the protocol of the inner man living a perfect life in union with God in obedience to all his character qualities. He develops character in you before he adds power unto you. Now, this character is the inner obedience that the angels are looking for. The watchers, the archangels, they're looking for those that rise in the inner obedience in the development of God's character. Oftentimes in the charismatic church, we're looking for something else. But Jesus Christ said you only know them by the character attributes, which is the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. All these attributes are the character qualities that the Father is being developed on the inside. And they're not just attributes of without glory. They need to be attributes with the evidence of the brightness of the Shekinah God. See, without the glory, it could just be anything in there. And sometimes the brightness won't even be God. So therefore, you need to know by the fruit and by the light. For it's written, these are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the truth. And the Holy Spirit is the glory. So he is the manifest Shekinah of the word. As it's written, he will speak of me and glorify me and he will not glorify another, Messiah said about the Holy Ghost. So the evidence that the Holy Spirit is progressively growing inside you and you are becoming spiritual Christians, repenting of carnal Christians, and sometimes that takes a long time. Anna Roundtree in her newest book, the Warrior King, testifies, it's on page 64. She says, it took me 20 years to go from a worldly carnal Christian to become a spiritual Christian. This is not an overnight phenomena. This is a consistent walk with the Holy Ghost, a tenderizing of your heart. When you fall down, you get back up again quickly and you serve the Lord and you please him and you don't want to hurt his feelings. You now know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit, that I live to please another and I'm not going to be a man pleaser. The evidence of a sure Judas goat is they are man-pleasers. They go with popular opinion. That's right. But one who serves the Holy Ghost does not care about popular opinion. They care about the opinion of their Father in Heaven against everyone else. 
This is how Messiah walked. This is all the gospel if you read it. You could not be a disciple and care what people think. You can't care what your parents think, your family, your friends. You need to care what the Holy Ghost thinks, and he will prove to them by your consistency that they have been of the human nature, but you are sacrificing to be of the divine nature. And even if they're never proven wrong, you're right with God, and that's all that matters. Don't serve God for any other reason other than Him being God. So He judges the thoughts and the intentions of our heart. What is our motivation in Christ? We serve Him because He's worthy to be served. He is the one true God. He's our Creator and our Redeemer. And everything else is foolishness to serve. We're not serving for reward. We're serving for wisdom. Okay? And then the rewards get added unto us. If you're seeking the reward, oftentimes you'll be discouraged because you're not serving him for himself. So this will make you consistent because then you don't need something. You don't need a treat to be a good boy or a good girl. You just need the obedience because he's worthy. As it's written, I've become a love slave to Christ, one who is a, a servant in chains to Jesus, a bond servant in chains. That means I'm serving him because he's my master now. The servant is not looking for the handouts. He doesn't expect the Christmas presents. He's not looking for all the other things. He's serving the master because he is his master. This is how Paul equates obedience to the gospel. This is necessary to get all the lust, the idolatry, the desires of the flesh out of you, and you begin to see God as your great reward. More of God is the reward. That means more of his glory, his presence, his power outflowing from within you, dominion over demons, not to be a show-off. You're not doing it for man's approval for the Pharisees seek signs and wonders. You're not doing it to have a million Pharisees follow you because you have external signs and wonders. You're doing it because he's worthy and you love him more than you love men and women. This is the test you have to pass to walk in the presence of his glory. His glory will cost you all your serving of idols. It will cost you the serving of everything else that's in the world that will come to tempt you to try to become the most important thing in your life. Little children, keep yourselves free from idols, it is written. Now, what is an idol? Anything that has the place of preeminence in our hearts. So out of our hearts proceed the issues of life. Well, whose life are you living? If you're living the life of Jesus, guess what's coming out of your hearts? Rivers of glory. Rivers of creative power and angelic ability. Rivers of wisdom. Rivers of love. Rivers of joy. Rivers of the Garden of Eden. These are rivers of Genesis 2.10 flowing out from the Garden of Eden was a river that watered the earth. Two separate places in Genesis chapter 2. You have the rivers of the Garden of Eden, and then you have the earth as a dry place. Without Eden, earth is completely hell. As it's written, you are the salt of the earth. If it loses its saltiness, it's worthless. So what's the worthwhileness of the earth? The believer bringing heaven to it. On earth as it is in heaven, Matthew 6. Therefore, the measure you bring heaven through your temples, which are the mediums, the conduits, between God's throne 
and the angels of the mid-heavens and the stars of the mid-heavens and all the earth. Your body is the temple of the river. That's Ezekiel chapter 48. From the temple proceeded a mighty river. This is the river of his glory. This is the river of the gospel scroll of the heavenly Jerusalem. For his temple is his city. I looked in that city and I did not see Solomon's temple. I certainly didn't see Herod's temple. And I didn't see any church, it says in Revelation. Not a single church, not a single synagogue in the heavenly Jerusalem. Why? The whole heavenly Jerusalem is the very temple of God's presence and glory, and it's open. There's only walls on the sides and foundations, which are the sapphire stones of the apostles of the Lamb, it is written. And the walls are like jasper. Every single aspect is made of living stones and living pearls. It's a living city made of souls glorified by the gospel of God. He is looking for you to become members of that city by using your bodies in obedience to his commandments today. In 2024, we're going to understand the heavenly commandment. And we're not going to be in legalism. We're not going to be in rebellion. We're not going to be in the hyper grace of the church age saying, oh, there's no law. No, Jesus is the lawgiver on Zion. I have spoken to you in these days in the language of a son. Anytime the father speaks, it's commandment. He doesn't give suggestions. He's not saying, oh, here's all these options. Do what feels best for you. The father's a commander in chief. If you can call your president commander in chief, how much more the living God of angel armies. And it is a joy to obey him. The angels are around his throne, energized for assignments. They are energized for assignment. Grace is the energy for assignments. Now listen to me, people. Be energized tonight. He is giving you an assignment. The assignment is stay in glory school and do not drop out. Just as the great prophetess told you, it is a process oftentimes that the worldliness and the draw of the world for the infants and teenagers of Christ, it takes decades sometimes to get that all sanctified out of you. If you drop out, the world wins. You can't call yourself a Christian anymore if the world has overtaken you. Apostle Paul says, these ones have abandoned me for the love of the world. He doesn't even consider them brothers anymore in the epistles it is written. They're not brothers and sisters. They're worldly. They're now Edomites. To leave and forsake the commandment of the language of the Son that our Father is speaking to us in and to no longer be desiring that commandment from heaven and the energy in our heart's grace to obey it is to no longer have our citizenship in heaven but in hell only. Don't think your citizenship is permanent. Scripture teaches otherwise, that these ones have forsaken me for love of the world. This is a big temptation, man. You are surrounded by worldliness. There will be sacrifice and testing in all the armor of God, head to toes, which is the divine nature of Jesus Christ, to serve him faithfully in 2024. As judgments come upon wickedness and demons, don't let them touch you. You are not to be judged and taken out with the judgments of the principalities. Unless, of course, those false gods of principalities are your false Jesuses and your false Holy Spirits like so many. 
Therefore, God commands repentance and the testing of spirits. You need to test your own spirit. Examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Am I walking in the Shekinah glory? Am I going from glory to glory? Have I even realized the glory of Christ, the commandment, the language of the Father, the Word of God, speaking to me as a son today? Now, to be a co-heir with Christ, we often think inheritance, but it means the voice of the Father. So the language of the Father is spoken to Jesus. You will hear Jesus to the measure Christ is formed in you. The realization of the glory is the solidification of the sheep of the sheepfold of his almighty pasture land. His pasture land is not amongst thorns and thistles and dead things, but is in the very Garden of Eden. You are being shepherded by the great shepherd God himself, the Messiah, in the garden of his delight. This is the garden he's planted in you by the seed of the word of God. It's your responsibility to guard these treasures in jars of clay. The pearl of great price that you, you sow the field to protect the very pearl. What's the pearl? It tells you in Revelation, that's the gate to the kingdom of heaven. Those are the gates of Zion, the pearl gates. Amen? And you have them in you. Therefore, guard your virginity. Guard your purity. Guard the commandment of heaven in your hearts. Guard your heart above, above all things. From it proceed the issues of eternal life, not just your human life. That's what's being done away with. As eternity rolls in, the temporary is done away with. It's put up like a, like a scroll, like a garment. It's folded and put away. It's no more. Eternity is rolling in, and the temporary realm of the curse of the fall is rolling away. You decide how fast it rolls away by the sacrifice of the idols that keep you connected to the natural realm, to the world. And you need those idols exposed. It's the greatest service that the prophetic word of the Shekinah glory of the great I am. Expose where you are connected to in cables and cords into the realm of the natural. That you may be disconnected, pruned, circumcised into the glory realm of Jesus Christ. And only then will you begin to love the pruning of God the Father in your hearts because it's only through pruning that you grow in righteousness. Jesus Christ said in John 15, my father is the vine dresser, the pruner. He's coming to trim away the world in you, to develop more of Jesus in you. God the Father's plans for all of your lives in this way are exactly the same. All of Jesus Christ and none of you. It's our decisions, good decisions that we make every day that determine how much of that, the Father's commandment and His will, is brought into fruition in our lives. So let us repent, which means turn back and make ourselves available to Him. We repent in our inner man, in our listening, in our hearing, in our willingness to obey. Our willingness to obey with finances is the first test in the New Covenant. If you can't obey financially, don't think you can obey Him in anything, because you won't. That's the first most elementary level of obedience that the natural realm, the temple of the Holy Spirit, is actually controlled by the Holy Spirit. Obey Him in finances, then, Jesus Christ said, your heart will be in my hands, for where your money is, there your heart will be also. So, so many Christians say, well, that's optional stuff. It's not optional in the New Testament. Where your heart is matters. What are you spending your time, your finances, 
Where are your words magnifying? They're magnifying something. I tell you the truth. When you begin to invest in God's kingdom, when you begin to invest in the heavenly Jerusalem, get a vision for his kingdom taking over media, taking over the nations, taking over television, taking over culture. The apostolic means to enculturate culture and to take over culture. That's going to take wealth of people willing volunteers to give the natural realm to the kings of the glory realm of the heavenly Jerusalem, to the elders of Zion. Amen. And God will make these things plain to you too because he loves cheerful givers who give their hearts, their souls, their minds, their bodies, their businesses, their families, and everything to him as clay in the potter's hands. And we just say, our, our ideas are off. I only want what you've imagined in your heart, Heavenly Father. The biggest idol is your imagination of what God's going to do in your life. That's the number one thing that holds back God's will in Christians is your idea of what it needs to sound like, look like, become what I need to do. And so often we're filled with idolatry, so the Father's plans are never revealed to us. So there needs to be a tenderizing of the heart and the mind also. The mind needs to be tenderized. That the thoughts in my mind, I'll take them captive, just like it says in 2 Corinthians, and they'll bring them under to submission to Christ. So the strongholds, which are the opinions and thoughts of demons, are not influencing the Father's desire to have his purposes fulfilled in this temple. Amen. I counsel all of you to bring all of your thoughts captive to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is good to say, come Holy Spirit. You know you have him in you, but he needs to come upon your minds more greatly every day. Amen. If anyone asks their Dad on earth, even though they be evil, will he not give you fishes and loaves? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? The Gospel of Luke says, therefore, there's always more Holy Spirit to be asked for and received. We cannot become complacently satisfied at our measurement of the Holy Ghost. Tongues, Pentecostals, ain't enough. Signs and wonders, glory stream, ain't enough. We need the sapphire stones in Jacob's ladder, the biblical ascension of the very path of Enoch's lightnings in these days. There is a people that will rise on the sapphire stones that is greater than all the teachings of the glory stream, all the teachings of the charismatic church and Pentecostalism combined. Those were like a foretaste of the people in this generation that will literally ascend and live in heaven on the stars forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 5 reads in the message translation. When Jesus saw his ministry drawing huge crowds, he climbed a hillside. Those who were apprenticed to him, the committed, climbed with him. You see that? Mm. Climbed with him. <laughs> he climbed a hillside. We, do we know, does anyone remember from the master class what hills mean? Worlds. The committed climbed with him. Arriving at a quiet place, he sat down and taught his climbing companions. This is what he said. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God and his rule.
You're blessed when you feel you've lost what is most dear to you. Only then can you be embraced by the one most dear to you. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves proud owners of everything that can't be bought. You're blessed when you've worked up a good appetite for God. He's food and drink and the best meal you'll ever eat. You're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourselves cared for. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your mind and heart put right. Then you can see God in the outside world. You're blessed when you can show people how to cooperate instead of compete or fight. That's when you discover who you really are and your place in God's family. You're blessed when your commitment to God provokes persecution. The persecution drives you even deeper into God's kingdom. Not only that, count yourselves blessed every time people put you down or throw you out or speak lies about you to discredit me. What it means is that the truth is too close for comfort and they are uncomfortable. <laughs> you can be glad when that happens, give a cheer even, for though they don't like it, I do. And all heaven applauds. And know that you are in good company. My prophets and witnesses have always gotten into this kind of trouble. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, glory trouble. These are the men that turned the world upside down, the renegades of glory. So, we're signing up to really become the most rebellious people that ever lived against Satan and his angels. Babylon the Great wants to make you conform to the image of this world. Now, a ultimate Babylonian is not like what you think a vampire from a horror movie. It'll look like Jesus. Come on now. The Antichrist comes in the guise of Christ. So the spirit of Babylon, remember Babylon embraced Daniel's religion. There, let it be pronounced in all the kingdom of Babylon from Nebuchadnezzar, there is no God but Daniel's God, and there's still a bunch of demons if you read Daniel. <laughs> he's Next thing you know, he's crowding on his belly eating grass. So that declaration from Babylon was that Daniel's God was God, but yet they were still demons, okay? So you can see the demons even proclaiming Jesus is God. Now, in the Warrior King book that was just released by Anna Roundtree, Hell was chanting the Nazarene. Then all the demons in hell were chanting, not what you expect. They weren't chanting rebellion on Netflix. They weren't chanting Barack Obama. They weren't chanting communism, one world order, or the Bilderberg group. What they were chanting was the Nazarene, the Nazarene. The, come on. Hell was chanting the Nazarene. That's going to shake some of you people. Because a lot of the Christian stuff that people are involved in is literally the most diabolical deception imaginable. So if hell's chanting the Nazarene, you know what the temptations are going to be like in 2024, man. It's going to be so deceiving that even the elite could be deceived. That means it'll be like perfect charismatic Christianity. Here's how you can know the difference. As we've been teaching you for your own safety, 
a circumcised heart that emits Shekinah from the stone tablets of the sapphire stones. That is your only safety in these days. When Jacob's ladder is taught, which is the fulfillment of Daniel 12.3 that RLM TV is fulfilling in these days, that the teaching of righteousness comes forth and the shining as the stars of the heavens forever, that means it's the revealing of all men and women's hearts. It'll reveal everyone's hearts. Righteousness reveals that the heart is in fact uncircumcised. Now the enemy is chanting the Nazarene, so they'll have all the stuff that sounds like God. A goat will have all the language of the Son, but have none of the circumcisions, have none of the character of the Spirit emitting the, the intimacy with the Messiah on his crucified throne. I saw a lamb looking like it's been slain standing on the throne. Amen. And the fruit of the evidence of that in your life is staying tender-hearted toward the Zadik. And I'll tell you this, it's not for everyone. Not anyone can just speak into the apostles' lives or speak about or on the apostles' lives. It's a very, uh, it can be a very dangerous thing. Why is that? As soon as someone begins to speak into the apostles' lives or about the apostles' lives, even being used by heaven, you have to walk very carefully because the moment that anyone speaks a true word of God into our lives specifically, you instantly become a target of the highest ranking demons, principalities and rulers and fallen, you know, demon gods and angels, fallen angels of all of hell. You instantly show up on their radar and they want their, they'll be looking right away to see if they can use you. And unless you're walking in your own rungs, in your own rank, in the perfection of circumcision, the, the kind of heights that they have in wickedness, you, Buckwheat, you won't even know that they're using you and it can drive you insane. So you have to be very careful about what you're speaking about the apostles or if you're trying to speak into the lives of the apostles. The best way to protect yourself is to always stay tender-hearted towards Zadik. That's the fruit you can gauge, you can measure. It's been like this 100% of the time. It's the one test, the gauge that you can always read when you check the soil, when you check the fruit. It's true in every generation. If, if you want to rise faster in ascension or transfigure faster, go back to being tenderhearted toward the Zeke. Like, you know, we were watching uh, this movie or this show the other night, and someone was lied to, and they had betrayal in their heart. They started to think and believe the lie against their leader in their heart. And he forgives them, and he said, who, who lied to you to change your loyal and steadfast heart toward me? Who lied to you? And then he ends up telling him, but it was after stabbing him and through. So understand that if you're anywhere near this ministry, you will be approached at some point by demons who have much higher intelligence than you. They're much more subtle than anything that you could ever imagine. They have just the way of lining up false evidence and coincidences. So instead of God coincidences, signs and wonders, they set up demonic coincidences, signs and wonders to make it appear with proof to you. Lying signs right? and wonders, with they're called. With proof, you'll see, you'll see a comment or you'll see a like or a lack of something. You'll see something somewhere and they use those things to get you to believe a lie. And what it does is it's a subtle change of heart. On the outside, it's still, yes, RLM, you know, you could be, reposting and liking and sharing and watching and blah 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 but it's a subtle change in the heart of paranoia right paranoia is a demon paranoia is not discernment and so there there's a betrayal of heart 
And when that turn starts to happen, what happens is you slow down. Maybe you're making progression to finishing Malkut. Maybe you're making progression in the Sephirot. The more tender-hearted you are towards Zadik, the faster you will change, the faster you will rise. When there's any subtleties or changes like lack, like lack of respect, like maybe there was respect there and the respect goes away. It's not my job to convince anyone of this, but it's, it's my job to share the truth because this is just how it works. If you understand what the enemy actually is and what they're actually trying to do, just like you know, the leader in his time, Paul, what did he do? You know, he's writing letters to churches, which is their broadcasting of that time. He'd go and speak in public, and then he would write letters where he couldn't go. They didn't have internet. They didn't have YouTube, obviously. But what happened? When people opposed God, who did they Paul op- oppose? They opposed Paul. If they opposed God, they opposed Paul. If they had, their hearts sometimes would change against him. They'd be all for him. He's like, you would have given out, tear, torn your own eyes out. And given them for my sake, if that was even possible. That's how much he was just making a metaphorical example. Like, this is how much you cared for me. And then something changed in the heart. What happened? You know, you were fighting, you know, you would fight to the end to see the fathers. They began listening Mm -hmm. to false teaching. Right, false teaching. And then sometimes demons just come around and start speaking negative lies. Ears that listen and entertain slander. That seed of slander goes in and mm-hmm. you, you murder God's anointing. Right. And so just understand, there's there's no like ascension and then something separate from being tenderhearted towards Zeke. It always comes with a tender heart towards Zadik. And it's always it's not stuff that's out in the open. It's always the secret inner thoughts of the heart. And the subconscious and the unconscious, your inner thoughts and secret intentions those places where not even your best friends even know those thoughts exist, God knows. He sees them. And so sometimes we get to see them too. Uh, we pray, but it's just one of those things. That's between you and God. You, But if you want to continue and you want to accelerate in your ascension, you have to stay tenderhearted. Do you, here's the thing. Do you think that God chose the wrong you know, leaders? It comes down to do you trust God's choice? There's a purpose and a reason why he chose us to do this, why he chose a training that he did. The seed of the Pharisees mm-hmm. think so. Matthew says, you always murder the prophets. That's Jesus Christ in the red letters talking to the Pharisees. You always murder the prophets, meaning the development of the covenant religion in the soul without the spirit will always murder those sent from the spirit that develop the spirit, which is the prophets. So the prophetic ministry always builds up the spirit. I labor amongst you tirelessly until Christ be fully formed in your spirit, in the conquering and transformation of your soul and your bodies. But here's what the false prophet does. Here's what the Pharisees do. Here's what Edom, which are the children of Esau, that are all claimed to be Christians. The Edomites are all Christians, okay? But they don't have the development of Jesus, the Messiah of Israel, in the spirit. It's soul only and flesh only. And oftentimes, since it's so outward, they look better than the ones developing their spirit because they're getting undone for Christ's sake, like the anointing of King David, I shall become more indignified than this. So instead of looking better in front of others, like the Edomites of Esau and the false Christian goats, They look worse. They look like they're getting undignified. They look like worse Christians, even though they have 10 times more of Jesus, a thousand times more of Jesus developed in their spirit. That's why he says in scripture, he used the foolish things to confound the wise. 
and the foolishness of God is wiser than the wisdom of men. That means getting truly undignified in the development of the divine nature in your spirit is going to look a certain way on the outside. Somebody say, bad. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna, you're not going to be respectable. Respectability is a demon spirit from hell. You're going to get undignified. You can only have respectability or undignified. Now, undignified is being respectable with the holy angels. That's right. As being respectable with the cloud of witnesses and the heavenly Sanhedrin and God the Father himself. That's who we want respect with. But in the realm of Esau, where everything is wrong and backwards and false light and false love and, and false appearances. Familiarity. So familiarity is a fruit of unbelief. So when you have familiarity and unbelief, those go together. What happens is it produces the fruit of disrespect toward the apostles and, you know, that familiarity, the disrespect. It's not that, like, you know, we need human respect. It's just that it's not going to work out well for you if you're not tenderhearted towards what God is doing. If you become, you know, familiar, you take for granted or you start to think that the intentions in us are, you know, so this is this is what demons do. How many times have we seen people come around, realize what we are, who we are in the kingdom of God, and what we're doing for the Father's glory? They get the revelation. They get excited. They want to be a part of it. They want to go to war, but they don't have the armor, and the armor is not tested. And what happens is, at some point, because we don't have the time to do one-on-one, you know, friendship-style ministry, uh, you know, I don't have time for, you know, video calls and chit-chats and da-da-da, you know, we just, we're on a mission here. We have to obey our mission. Unless God, the way our schedule works, unless God and his holy angels put it there, we don't do it. We're not our own. We are bought with a price, which means, guess what? We've sacrificed. You know how nice it would be just to have, like, you, do you know how nice it would be just to have, you know, a guy's day, a group of guys, or a girl's day, and go out and do our hair, and go to the movies, and eat popcorn, and la 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 la, and go shopping. Of course that would be fun. I would love that. But guess what? We're at war. Can you imagine? Imagine being a sniper in in the kingdom, and you are a forward observer deep, and God's asking you to go deep, even into unclaimed territory, and you are, imagine you've been out there for days, and you're covered in war paint, you're covered in camouflage, and you're crawling, And you're looking, you're quietly, you know, even breathing quietly. And you're looking, your heart even will skip a beat for the right headshot. Right? Those are snipers. The training of a sniper is that even your heart will obey down to the beat. If it needs to skip a beat for a moment for a perfect shot, it will. Why? Because that's what you're trained to do. You might be, you know, far apart and you're going into enemy territory to accomplish something for God. He does that sometimes. You'll have to be extremely heavily armored and obedient to the Holy Spirit. Imagine that, being a sniper there, and then many, many worlds back, I mean worlds and worlds, way back at nursery, way back at base camp, you know, Buck doesn't even know how to put it on the armor yet, and is crying, why can't you? Why are you blah 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 something for me? Blah 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 blah. And I'm in the middle of trying to make a headshot here, and we're surrounded by these things. They want to kill you. They want to kill us. And if we're not obedient to the spirit of God, they would. But we're going to be obedient to the spirit of God. 
Why don't you have time for me? Da 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 da. What about blah blah blah? It's like, listen, Buckwheat, this is a war. The only reason people act like that is because of immaturity, and there's unbelief in the, the war. Like, the war doesn't exist. Remember in the Rick Joyner's books, they're like, oh, just peace and love. We're not in the war. There's no war. And you don't understand the people who are on the front lines. If we weren't holding back these forces, do you understand what would be happening right now in the earth if we weren't doing this? How bad things would have gotten by now? Uh, Most people have no idea what's going on because, first of all, they don't hear from God. They don't ask him questions about it, and they don't care. They only want what they want. They want to feel good. They want to buy the clothes they want. They want to have the house and the car. They don't care, and they don't bother to ask, and if they do ask, they can't hear they don't listen and so it's you know there are people who listen right those of you some of you watching you know you believe that there's a war going on it's not even a question for you because you ask god and he tells you he shows you he speaks to you in dreams and visions he speaks to you in your that gentle voice on the inside he's already explained these things to you so you get it oh hey by the way brandon is out there being the warmonger that he is, so I'm not going to bother him for. Uh, I'm not going to bother him as much as possible. We have a lot of anointed seers that are like that. I don't want to bother Brandon too much because I know God has him on assignment and he needs to do his assignment, and that's it. But where where is the 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 baby uh, Christianity, immature Christianity, witchcraft Christianity, where you need? I just need somebody to baby me and tell me constantly what to do and I just I need the human to tell me and you know I need something other than what God's already providing I need something more than the hundreds of hours of master class the school of the magi the yeah something five more days a week the milk of the word five days which a is week idolatry right like we the bio, more than the bible spa more than the five days a week one hour like it's the original sin in the garden that yeah. God is not enough but I just need something else. I need a, a human touch. I need human comfort. I need human love. I need hu- I need something in the realm of the natural because the invisible realm of God's word and his angels and his Holy Spirit are not enough for me. Your unbelief is what's condemning you. So you go back to what God said is enough, the milk of the word, mm-hmm. and you build up your spirit and you realize he has already provided a way out of all that unbelief of hell. Amen. There's actually a large percentage of people who have become betrayers in the past. And one of the main reasons that people betray, and the Lord would show me this right before it would happen, they're not going to like that you don't have time to just goof around with them. Right? So a lot of people, they just want someone to goof around with. And it's good to have fun. If God will have seasons and friends. He'll provide people. But you cannot pull people out of their God-given assignments and tasks. Right? So like, if someone's like being a warmonger on the battlefield for God... And they get from the effect of not being fully perfect yet, and they get some damage. That means it's time for them to heal. That's not time for them to be spending all their energy pouring out to you. They have to heal and get ready for the next battle. Be fully armored. Check the soil. Check and make sure there's no, you know, spiritual infections. You know, things like, what's a spiritual infection? Blah, blah. You don't know anything about anything, Buckwheat. So don't take that as offense. Just understand, God wants to raise you to be in the army. And what were you, just what Brandon said, uh, early, I think it was earlier today or yesterday, we've got to have holy soldiers for a holy war. So you've got to walk in holiness so that you can help. The, the best thing you can help is to grow. Put to death your own selfish nature. 
stick together with the group. Remember, we've seen it in multiple dreams, signs, and wonders and visions. The religious ideas you think are God's ideas, but are absolutely Mm -hmm. not. That's the main idol that blocks people from receiving from things higher than them. Those people who are walking kind of where you're at or similar to where you're at, remember, we've seen that you can protect each other even from forces as great as Leviathan and the world of Yetzirah, even if you're only in the world of Messiah, as long as you stick together, stay in prayer, that you group together with your golden shields, and when you use them together, it's powerful because even though you're low in the rungs, it doesn't matter. If you stick together with your squadron, the the fellowships that God has you in, right? The forward observer isn't going to come back down, you know, to play patty cake in the back tent or to go down and re- conquer what's already been conquered our job is to keep going and push back the forces of darkness and deal with those higher level enemies that you're not going to be able to handle darkness has no training and development in your life it can't because you're children of light now you need to understand from birth god desires you only to be in the light and under greater light as it's written he's translated you colossians 1 13 he's translated you out of the power of darkness into the kingdom of the son of his love okay so this translation happens at rebirth now that translation from darkness to light is right here in your spiritual stomach then you go into second corinthians three eighteen, from light to light translation to translation and not a one-time translation constant translations rung to rung is a translation you just translated from malkut of mineral to malkut of plant that's a translation yep so you understand glory to glory each translation is a higher degree of glory and you begin to understand what it means to be a child of light to be a child of light means there's a father of light okay so the father is the fullness of light and he's called the father of light because he's developing you in translations If you can understand the process of growth as translations, then you can understand the steps of Jacob's ladder clearly. And then your Christian life can be all about going from glory to glory. And you don't have to leave the light to go out there to school of hard knocks and learn from darkness. Darkness will never be your teacher again. Okay. Only light can teach you. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. And so is all your schooling in Christ from birth. Amen. Amen. And that's as long as you stay tenderhearted toward the Zadik. Right. This is one of the warnings that the Holy Spirit was giving recently this week is, you know, there's been a dealing with the hearts of people. Those who in the past reacted to apostolic correction or the correction of God, the correction of the Holy Spirit in their lives with witchcraft and strive towards the apostles, the only thing you're doing when you do that is you're choosing the school of hard knocks. Because if you can't be corrected, if your response to correction is witchcraft prayer and strife and envy toward us, the only thing that's possible left for you to learn from is by hard knocks. So I wanted to release grace today. I talked with the Lord and just you know, there's a type, I don't know if I want to call this debating with the Lord, but there's like a conversation that happens. How can we, for these people who made that mistake, without allowing them to do harm again, if there's someone out there who's learned from that mistake and you're truly repentant, you truly want to change, and I'm asking the Father today for you to be delivered from the school of hard knocks that you'll be corrected and sensitive to the corrections of the Holy Ghost again. Because it's 
we talked about this yesterday. It's a fearsome thing. It's a dreadful thing for you to lose the correction of the Holy Ghost in your life. If you can't hear apostolic correction, if you can't hear Holy Ghost correction, the only correction it's possible for you to receive is from the other side, from the school of hard knocks, which is the demonic. And that's not supposed to be in your life like that. But that's what you choose when you get uh, angry, uh, when you react in self-defense, self-righteousness. It's that strong negative reaction where you become paranoid, hard-hearted toward the apostles. When you become, you know, offended at correction, you know, well, they're just trying to do this to me, and that's not our intentions toward you, is the Father's will be done in your life. <laughs> that's the only reason we're doing what we're doing. The rest of that stuff, it doesn't matter to Paul us. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ, because there's only one path right. of ascension, which means you will mature on the same path of every other believer who's matured higher than you. There isn't a different path for any Christian. It's one narrow path, the path of Jesus being fully developed in all of you that many men and women have already walked on before you were even born. So therefore, you must honor those higher than you on the path. Otherwise, you remove yourselves from the path and don't walk on it anymore at all. Amen. So hard knocks is too heartbreaking, and we don't want that for your life. So I just ask, Father, in Jesus' name, I ask for restoration that those who have gone to the school of hard knocks would be restored to training and righteousness, that they would be tender-hearted to receive the rebuke and the correction of your word, of your Holy Spirit, of your apostolic decree and teaching and preaching of the word, that they would be tender-hearted to receive your correction again, that those consciences, if they've been seared, that they would be sparkling and clean and be able to feel again the rebuke it doesn't need to be a private message or a public announcement it's between you and the holy spirit that you repent of murdering the prophets right. that were sent to you to lead you into zion that's something you deal with the lord inside you and then now you bear the fruit mm -hmm. of obedience and repent to use all of your entire life to serve jesus and the, the life laid down in obedience and that walk with christ that crucified life will be the evidence of your repentance and forgiveness mm -hmm. that's for all true. of you that's so good remember rend your hearts and not your facebook page right just making it an announcement oh i repent and i did this and i did that that doesn't that's mean usually anything. fake those that's people usually, fake, usually yeah. go away right away because yeah. it was just on the outside they're into people change it pleasing. on the inside bear forth the fruit don't go announcing <laughs> things like that when you don't actually do know what it takes to change so change on the inside bear the fruit let the fruit speak for itself is what we're trying to say repentance on the inside always increases the presence of his glory God Amen. loves humility. Without humility, no one can know his glory. Oh, Amen. speaking of which, we have a, uh, we've got a humility nugget here from the Lord for transfiguration. I've been praying for you guys who are uh, awaiting your transfiguration, your first stage. And we have this. Transfiguration is a conglomeration of translation. That is true. <laughs> and it sounds nice. Perfected humility brings forth transfiguration humble in spirit equals transfiguration in tiferet of isaiah remember the world of isaiah is mainly to remove the iniquity from your spirit so right when we get into tiferet of isaiah it's important 
Yes, you can rejoice. Yes, we're a righteous one, witness of righteousness, blah, blah, blah. But the reality of the world of Messiah, when we're in that place, the iniquity has to come out of the spirit. The iniquity isn't all out of the spirit until you finish the world of Messiah. So understanding, yes, you're, you know, you're sealed, you are being, you're in the process of being chosen, you're making the decision to walk in ascension, but again, when we get to new heights, we can't let it go to our head. You think, oh, I'm the righteous one now, blah, blah, blah. There is going to be a whole lot more repentance. I mean, worlds. We're just barely, being, Tiferet of Messiah is barely getting started. Uh, you know, some people are like, I said sorry, now where's my reward? Right. God's not like, here's a cookie. It's just like, what's Talk expected? Talk to me in 20 years of repentance. Right. And so you can go up the Sephirot very high. Uh, but what is it? What, is it? what What does it take to go up and to change? You know, sometimes people are, you know, surprised at how fast we go through Tiferets. To every Tiferet, there's a transformation. There's a wing upgrade. You don't leave Tiferet until you get the wing upgrade. Uh, you know, the benefit is if you can be quick to die to self. It's the faster you can put it to death, the faster you can change. If you're quick at repenting and you're quick to change, that's quick repentance. That's quick change. So it's just, is there a, you have to always look, what am I holding on to that's keeping me back from the next rung? What is it? Always, always look to what's inside of you. Don't look to others. That's a distraction 100% of the time. It never has to do... You know, even if people are sinning against you, it's not even that important. You know, you protect yourself and blah, blah, blah. What's most important is constant looking in here. Like, what that is it in me? Next translation yep. is keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. Yep. Focusing on your next translation to the next level of glory right. is the only keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finishing mm -hmm. of your faith. And I wonder sometimes, I didn't know, I don't know how many people understand this as far as like this is what i do if you want to say like how rebecca how do you go up so fast how what it, are you just some special blah, blah 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 no it's just i don't know if people understand this when you're going up the worlds especially in the earlier worlds i mean the whole way up don't you have like that constant don't, like that constant wondering and constant looking all right where do i have deception it's, it's definitely a special grace. Yeah. <laughs> You're definitely very special. Thanks. Well, you know, it's funny is because there was nothing special. But we need to impart that special right. grace into everyone. But here's the thing. There was nothing of this special about me. I wasn't going to walk in any of this destiny until I repented and found my true life. You yeah. have to Amen. lose your life it's an to impartation. find it. Otherwise, none of this would even be happening. Yeah. Although it just... It, here's the thing. I always look to people who are walking in their destinies and I would say to God, why can't I be like them? Why do they have these special things and special abilities and special graces? And you know what was the problem? I had not yet died mm. to my life. Mm. If you're still in that looking at others who are anointed, you haven't died yet. Isn't that true? The mantling comes after you're completely dead. Then you'll be to your the life. special. Then you're the special one. And, and obedient you're the anointed to live people. His, not just dead to self. You don't care. But alive to Christ, meaning willing to use your body for the purposes of Jesus every day. And it's surprising to me because I was always that other person on the outside looking at anointed people and wishing I could be like them. And then. I So for me, I was people never treated me like they treat me now as far as like the hatred. And like in this, and it was always like I always had some hate, 
But it it was like as long as you're on the outside looking in or looking up or whatever, no one really treats you like that. And you think it'll be different for you. You no. don't even know what as persecution you, is until you're soon pioneering as you walk the glory. In the, as soon as you walk like in the anointing, and I don't mean the stolen anointing, when you produce your own oil, when you produce your own fruit, people will hate you so much, even in the secret thoughts of your heart, envy and strife, and you realize how demon-possessed everybody is. And it doesn't mean you don't love them, but I'm just telling you, as soon, be careful how you treat people who are anointed, who are walking in ascension, because how you act toward them, it's going to come back on you. When you walk in that, you'll finally get it. Oh, that's how you were. It's the same yeah. as Trump. Nobody hated him until he ran for political office. Everyone loved him. He was popular in all songs and stuff. As soon as he ran for public office, it was just vehement hatred towards him it's the same in ministry you could have total favor everyone likes your posts on instagram twitter and facebook and all this stuff favor a thousand likes and pluses but as soon as you step into the anointed position of leadership that's when the persecution comes because now you're oracles of the commandments that require internal change and the human being must be completely sacrificed in order for your leadership to be sustained amen just know that it's not what you think it's not what you think. And once you start walking in it, you get it. It's not that far away. It's not that long a process. I mean, just like tw 2017, right? I didn't even know about how tongues was something other than just God gave people some languages. You know, I heard some other kind of outer court teaching. And guess what? Now walking in the 10th world, blah, blah, blah tongues and all the rest You're of it practically a baptist in 2016 yeah exactly i didn't know about any eight stuff. years ago Isn't yeah well look how much god accelerated her life all it's i had to do was start come to the end of myself and start to die to self that's it i just started wanting to actually repent and serve god it, it's the little moments here's the thing i i realized I've, I've always there's been a long time it's been months i've been asking the lord how can i communicate this idea to people because if this is what you get it It'll literally accelerate you. It might accelerate you as fast as it accelerated me. There's this, I can look in the spirit and I know these key moments in my life when this happened for me. And that's why I'm, I became shocked at how far from God all the people in the church age actually are. Because to find this stuff, it's not like, it's not, if it was, if I didn't decide to actually repent, he would have chose somebody else. You understand it's not just like but and now I, that i remember you know. seeing that dramatic transformation in your life and you need to understand it wasn't just this thing that came upon her by the nope. angel she all of a sudden was hungry for scripture spending six hours a day in, in scripture six hours a day praying in tongues that hunger and thirst for righteousness shot through the roof and she just marinated in that heavenly glory mm -hmm. for years all day long and that's what really accelerated her and it will right. accelerate you if you do the same thing i got into the word of god and the word of god got into me isn't that bobby connery talks about it. that's what we got to do but i remember this key moment uh this was before i found anything really when i, I think it was uh before i had tongues and i would i started out by just sitting in a closet with my bible and i had these little note cards and i would write scriptures and i'd post them on the wall i would write my prayer requests i'd post them on the wall i would touch them i'd pray over them i'd put people's names on there and i would pray for specific things i would try and find out 
I would write down their names and what was special about how God created them. And I would meditate on that. And I would try to write down the truth about who they were, their true self. I'd try to look into that. And God would tell me about. And so this for these people, I'd write down their names. I'd write down what was special about them. I would pray for that to come forth. And then I would I would share it with them. And sometimes you know, people they would cry or something like that. They didn't realize who they really were. I didn't really understand eternal things, but I noticed I got into the word. Again, I didn't have tongues. I started seeing miracles and healings. I had uh, a witch that worked for me who was a practitioner of black and white magic, who could see spirits openly, who could see the Holy Spirit with me and think, wow, that's a different spirit. I don't usually see that kind. And she would just be standing there. I've talked about this before. would be standing there waiting for me when I'd come to check her work this is my employee, you know. We have all these manifestations and then people, you know, like that converting. They could see the power. They could see the Holy Spirit. Physical healings. I started, I, ca- I remember the first time I cast out my first demon. And my precious friend, Odelia. Best housekeeper ever. You know, I just was in the word of God. I never heard, I've never, I, at that point in my life, I had never heard of or seen anyone casting out demons online or in person Right, the internet wasn't as big back then. For me, at least for me, it wasn't. It wasn't. You know, people were online all the time like that. I didn't have like a Facebook, you know. It just wasn't. You just don't know. I didn't know about any of that. The only thing I'd known was I'd read it in the Bible. They are casting out demons. Never seen it. Never had anyone teach me about it. But I read the Word of God and I prayed to God. And all I did was I prayed with this woman. She was having a hard time, and she was usually really happy. But she was so down, and she was downcast. And I said, can I pray with you? And she knew. She was like Roman Catholic, you know. And I just hold her hands, and I, and I, you know, she knows that I love her, so she's going to let me pray for her. And I held her hands, and I just opened my mouth, and I started praying whatever I felt the Lord give me to pray. And at that, I was almost just as surprised as anybody that there's the two of us in the room that, I started commanding the spirit of depression to come out of her. Nobody ever taught me this. It was just the Bible and an inspired word of God. And then she started shaking and trembling and sweating, and that demon came out of her. And so I saw it cause damage to her on the way out, and I felt that, and I felt the Lord showing me that she needed healing from damage that the spirit caused on its way out. So I asked it to be healed. I got to lay hands on her and pray, and she lit up. She was bright and shining. She looked... She was probably in her 50s, but she looked like as young as ever and full of life and joy. I knew she was healed because she spent the rest of the day playing pranks and harassing the houseman (laughs) and having as much fun as possible at work. And that was the first time I ever cast out a demon. But understand, you know, we want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to get the baptism, the Holy Spirit, and the tongues. Yes, all these things help, but they only help if we hold on to the main thing, which is Christ, right? Because at that point... I was doing better and more pure in my walk than most people when they get the baptism of the Holy Spirit in tongues, and then they become spiritual whores with demons. They get in the demonic. So you have to understand the more you progress, you have to remain pure. Spiritual progression without purity is disobedience, and you're going into darkness. So whenever the things of God come to you, this is what the Lord showed me. The temptation of this, of the enemy, is to always become a whore with the things that God gives you, which means you use it for self. You use it for demons, whatever, you know. 
you've got to remain pure in heart, pure in intention. Otherwise, your spiritual progression is not progress. So we have to be pure. So I just want to speak that restoration to purity and understand it's not about how many gifts you walk in. It's not about, you know, how big of a name you get or not. It's about relationship with God, relationship with the Holy Spirit, with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and obedience to him, which is love. If we love him, we obey his commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Even if it could be painful for a time, the joy is coming in the morning. So just understand it's not really what you think it is. And I have that one moment that I wanted to capture to see if I could show it to you so you can have the impartation of acceleration because I always remember that moment. And that's the thing that kind of helps me to change the the fastest. And I remember a little getting a little bit of breakthrough in my prayer closet. All of a sudden I could hear the voice of God. All of a sudden, I got a breakthrough. The temptation in that moment was I wanted to go run and tell people. And I started to realize that when that happens, if you just go and run and tell people, that's your reward. That's your breakthrough. If you wait and you don't just go and my whole spiritual breakthrough is so that I can show it to others. If you resist that pull, and you just stay in the Lord and you wait, he will actually give you more. He's waiting to see who's going to run off with That's it. That's so good. And if you get that one principle, I've used that ever since then. That's the temptation because then you're going to people. That's your relationship. So you have this breakthrough with God, but instead of using it to spend the time and thank him and grow with him. And I'm telling you, every Christian in the church age has done that. That's the only thing that brought me out of church age was resisting that. As soon as I got a revelation, oh, this sign and wonder. Now I post things now, sometimes as they happen, but I always check. I check. You you got to check. You know, sometimes we get it wrong. Sometimes we get it right. But who is it for? Is it so that you can tell other people so other people know that you're anointed or that God is breaking you through so that other people that validates you? If you don't care about that and you let that go, and you wait. If you go back into fellowship with the Lord instead of running off to tell everyone about your amazing breakthrough, he will actually increase. It like doubles. It triples. It goes up and up and up. And then you don't really feel the need to tell people until it's time to speak on it. But you break that addiction to the need for validation of man. And then God's the one who validates you. So good. The, the priceless treasure of being hidden in him. And that's why it shook me because that's the only difference that I made that's the difference between church age and going into kingdom age. That little thing right there, because then you're not looking for false love. You're not looking for human validation and comfort. You're not looking for friendship circles. You're literally looking for friendship with God. Like he's the first one you want to tell when you break through instead of everybody else. And when you have that, you're actually restored in reality to your first love. But it's that temptation, that pull to basically humanity. And when you choose God, then consistently then after that that's when he starts to like say okay go ahead and announce it go ahead and announce it i know your heart toward me i know you love me i know you want me as your best friend i know you want me more than you want you know socialization with a lot of people and having fun right we've sacrificed our desire to just have fun and social if we wanted i mean we could just have hi-fi you know parties and 
blah 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 and pizza parties and da 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 and hangouts and group hangouts and blah 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 and just spend our time having fun because it's fun to socialize like we are tribal people we love socialization but what did Catherine Kuhlman talk about the consecrated life being set apart this is what you need to understand Rick Joyner talked about it in his books what Jesus Christ told him he said you have eternity to feel good like having fun in the book of Enoch this is what the Lord showed me this is what encourages me when I you think I want to just be all the time out you know by myself in the like far out heavenlies where it's totally unrelatable unrelatable to anyone on the entire face of the earth that literally no one can understand what you're going through or what you're dealing with and it's only possible to misinterpret it pretty much except in little measurements do you think that's always fun no but why do I do it okay look for the Lord it's he's where he wants me so I'm gonna be there and I'm gonna be content with it I'm not complaining about it but I want you to understand this so that you can be comfortable when God gets you out of your comfort zone how can you be uh what's the word um content that's the consecrated life that's serving him Mm -hmm. so when god you know launches you out and you start walking in that in your life how are you going to be content because a lot of times it comes with the sacrifice of relationships with people i feel the burning now i feel the warm like blankety like one of the promises i want to encourage you with this because some of you are getting consecrated and set apart and you feel like the sadness of the loss of human, more of that human fun and interaction and all those things. When you're so set apart, you have to understand. We've talked about those things that hunt apostles that will look for anyone close, you know, to use them. We've talked about all that. But beyond that, this is what the Lord showed me. In the book of Enoch, there's a promise. And in that book, it says that in those days, the elect will dwell with the elect. You know how it is in heaven? Everyone's having fun all the time with all your favorite people. But why isn't it like that right now? Hello, we're at war. Yeah, This is the time where the elect mm. are chosen. Yep, and then so later on, in those days that we're fighting for, if we don't fight for it, it's never going to happen in our time. So we have to fight for it. We got to step into that time. But later on, it says the elect dwell with the elect. Right now, we're all kind of scattered. And even, you know... When there's not a scattering, it's still like the daily, the daily task, the daily offering, the daily, you know, this is a battleship. It's not just about, you know, goofing off and having a goofy goober time, you know, <laughs> like you, you just got to be content and have fun. You do. It's an important part to have fun, but you've got to stay at your post. You've got to do what God's asked you to do and know that for eternity, we have eternity to be drunk in the spirit and to have fun together and to goof around in the heaven on earth. Like when the darkness is defeated and everything's perfect forever. Eternity is a long time. I hope you understand that. This is a very short time. This is a very short time. Eternity is a very long time. So we're going to have, this is why I joke around, you know, with my angels. Yeah, we've got an eternity to like dick around and do all the fun kind of things and, you know, whatever. What are we going to do right now? Holy focus. If it's time for you to just have fun and relax and heal, have fun, relax, and heal. That's your season. Know what season you're in. Issachar. Right? When you value God first, you know what season it's you're in. If it's time for you to take a stand, get a new job, start a business, close down a business and get a job, you know, you've got to know exactly what God is asking of you and do that thing 
Stop depending on other people to tell you what it is and start hearing the voice of God so that you know what he's saying. And when you get into that place, trust me, when the apostles speak, when the anointed people speak, when the seers, the prophets speak, it's only going to be like a confirmation. You already, it's not that you already know everything. It's just like, oh yeah, the Lord's been speaking That's on right. that. That's right. Only the obedient mm -hmm. desire the daily bread. That's right. So I just want to encourage you with that. For all of eternity, for those who are saved, for those who are called, for those who are elect, those who are chosen, there is a ton of eternity to have all the fun and the comradeship and all the different little things that we want to do. There's tons of fun in heaven. There's tons of fun in heaven that's moving the earth. But for right now, we've got a mission. And if you can respect God's mission and not try to demand or require, you know, like the personal ministry or just the things that God's not asking us to do because of there. It's always a military reason why he does what he does. He doesn't want to put certain things at risk. There's military goals that God wants to establish in the earth. The faster we get this thing done, the more we can have fun for eternity. It doesn't mean we can't have fun now, but just be content as a soldier. If you can be content in being a good soldier, the rest will come so much easier. Yeah, a good soldier will eventually share in the spoils of war, and that's what we want for all of you. Faithfulness Amen. to endure to the end, that you may have many celebrations of victory after the battlefield is won in the future, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Ladies and gentlemen, beloved brothers and sisters in Christ, I stand before you today with a heart full of gratitude and excitement for the incredible work that God is doing in our midst. As we gather together in the spirit of worship and fellowship, I am reminded of the profound words found in the Holy Bible, specifically in the book of Proverbs, chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. These verses emphasize the importance of honoring God with our resources, and it is this biblical principle that has guided us in the vision and mission of our ministry. Today I want to share with you a divine opportunity that calls for our collective support, the establishment of RLM TV right here in the heart of Florida. In Matthew 28, 19, and 20, Jesus commissions us, saying, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. This divine mandate is not confined to the four walls of our ministry, but extends to the vast reaches of media and technology. RLM TV is more than just a vision. It is a God-given opportunity to fulfill the Great Commission in an era where the power of media can transcend boundaries and reach souls in ways we could have never imagined. Brothers and sisters, the urgency of this mission is echoed in Romans 10, 14, and 15. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As we embark on this journey to establish RLM TV, we are not just building a broadcasting station. We are constructing a platform to amplify the gospel to reach the lost, to disciple nations through the powerful medium of television. Yet, my dear family, such a mission requires resources, financial resources that will enable us to purchase the necessary equipment 
secure broadcasting licenses, and ensure the production of quality content that reflects the love and teachings of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I am reminded of the widow in Mark 12:41 through 44 who with a sacrificial heart gave all that she had. In 2 Corinthians 9:7, the Apostle Paul encourages us, saying, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let us prayerfully consider how we can play a part in this historic endeavor. Let our hearts be moved by the urgency of the mission, and let our generosity reflect the cheerful giving that God delights in. Together, as one body of Christ, we can make RLM TV a reality, a beacon of hope and truth that will shine brightly in the state of Florida and beyond. May God bless you abundantly as you prayerfully consider your contribution. And may the joy of giving be a testament to the love and grace that flows from our generous Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen.